What's good, y'all? My name is Dylan Green, and this is Real Notes, a space dedicated to blurring the cultural and artistic lines between rap and film. I'm here to chop it up with everyone from rappers and producers to journalists and video directors about their relationship to movies and how, if at all, film inspires their craft. My guest this week is New York rapper, producer, streamer, and video editor and director Dunscat. We spoke about Bodies, 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 his changing relationship with horror movies, The Cabin in the Woods, opinions on a few retroactively problematic movies, the history of defunct New York rap collective The Karma Kids, the importance of humor in his music, and the creative process behind his latest album, Go Climb a Tree, produced entirely by Hajino. Come fuck with us. I mean, like, before I do the drop, we might as well just talk about it now since we're recording. Like, streaming is something that I've always been really intrigued by and a lot of my friends do it and I really enjoy it when they do it but I don't have the kind of setup or the kind of space where I could like really where I could like feasibly make that happen and not have it just be like look at how messy my room is like I don't even mm-hmm. have enough space to have like a comfort I mean like I guess I do like the chair I'm sitting in like I, like I could probably set this up in a nice enough way and get like a blackout curtain to have something cool like in the middle one of one plant that's all yeah <laughs> i have i have a plant but it's in the room next to mine i just have no i'm 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 not about to show you my whole room but like give me the tour no yeah <laughs> but no like i have like i have a plant i just have no room anywhere in here I've, I've actually been meaning to like rearrange some stuff and move some shit around and i i, I, um, I think i might start that this weekend but yeah like streaming Thank is you. great streaming is great and i'm happy that more people do it and you should do it because yes yeah you 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 have a you have a nice voice for it thank you <laughs> so yeah um yeah i'm just gonna experiment that with that more with the cabbages podcast maybe we, you know that's unofficial but with myself a little bit too because it's actually i think kind of a sad capitalist thing not like and i'm just turning this wonderful conversation dark but like <laughs> I sit there and it's like, oh, I'm playing video games for three hours. How can I like, quote unquote, monetize this or make content like kill two birds with one stone? That's it. Okay, sorry. I'm thinking of like trying to think of new tattoos for that concept. And it's kill two birds with one stone. But like the bad version of it, like what's like the negative. Like a viewpoint of that, like overworking yourself, like holding two things at once, juggling two things. Okay, the point is I'm going off the rails here streaming's cool and when i'm just like playing video games and like not doing anything it's like somehow interacting and like quote putting something out there when it's something right. i just enjoy and don't have to think about it you really just had me thinking about what the what like the opposite of killing two birds with one stone is i'm 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 like really intrigued by that if i can't think of something before the episode's over i'll tell you later but like thank you <laughs> yeah i'm trying to get a new tattoo like i i i always i'm not very impulsive for tattoos and i'm trying to not change that but like it's been about time like there's some rooms like some spots i'm trying to fill up so but i feel you when was now i'm curious when was the last time you got a tattoo I got one, actually, I just said, like, I'm not that impulsive about it, but I was trying to do the opposite and be more impulsive because I have, like, all the tattoos I have. To answer your question, it was this year, uh, maybe a couple months ago, 2022. Um, but, 
yeah, like I've never got a stick and poke. A friend has never stick and poked me. Those are two things I want. I want some dumb tattoos on my thighs. Uh, and I wanted, I've never got a Friday the 13th thing. And I've never got a, um, at the time, I never got something off of a flash sheet. And that's what my most recent one was. It was just like something off a of flash sheet. Mine too. That's crazy. I got mine there on Halloween. Al- I got mine on Halloween last year. It's a, it's a, it's a Gengar. Where is he? Yeah, oh, is. hell yeah. <laughs> Gengar yeah. rules. Yeah, Gengar's my Gengar might be my favorite Pokemon. That isn't Gengar gang. Ho oh. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. But um <laughs> but yo, let me um this is already yeah. so great. Let me let me let me do this drop and then we're just gonna Please do. we're just gonna do everything. Um but what's cracking everybody? Welcome back to Real Notes. Um it's been a it's been a it's been a hectic last last week and a half, but we're back. Um I, I'm drinking a smoothie, dunce cap. Oh wow! I already, I already, I already introduced you earlier than I usually do. Um, That's all right. We're 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 just talking about streaming and bullshit, and it's a Friday afternoon. Everyone's burnt out and ready to not be thinking about work. But um, that's true. My name is Dylan Green, Cinema Sci. Uh, I say I I got a lot of names and I do a lot of shit, um, and. This man who's with me today also has a lot of names and does a lot of shit. And I mean like a ton, you know, like you're That's a nice. rapper, you're a producer, you're a video director, uh, you stream, <laughs> you yeah. um, you think about tattoos. Yeah, that's Pretty like my often. main thing. I'm I'm known for thinking about tattoos. You know, it's like that guy just never comes up with an idea, but he's thinking about it. I respect that. <laughs> but yeah, uh, my name's Mike or Dunscap. Uh, do all the things you just said. Thanks for uh-huh. having me. Um, excited, you know, fan, and uh, this is gonna be fun. Love Same movies. Here. Same here, bro. I'm happy. I'm happy you're here. You know, like you know, like you know, like I was, you know, like I was rocking with the Karma Kids when y'all were really up there, like doing. Thank thing. you. So, like, yeah, like I've it's, been it's, getting it's... nostalgic recently. It's like <laughs> we played so many shows and we were just kind of like out here. I don't know, you know, just being rambunctious. Right. And now y'all are like still out here, but just like on your own. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, especially you and Eleven. Like, shout out to Eleven. I haven't seen or heard from him in a while, but I hope he's doing all right. <laughs> yeah yeah i know he's out in jersey living his life and uh, i think he's doing well i just saw him post online about uh he got i think his he got one of those donda players like i think mm. his his work got one or something so he was able to like you know mess with it uh and then googie googie's out there as well i think they're crashing together or i know they are living together but uh oh, yeah. you know they're doing their thing i'm still hitting googie up about doing um some stuff on a new project and uh and he was and, and and they were both on your last project too go climb yes. the tree yeah <laughs> yes yes yeah i love working with people that you know i already have a rapport with it's really nice to kind of just have like those returning characters and then like have the new guests and stuff but right. then um head trips out in portland uh making music doing this stuff and samurai banana is in brooklyn and i do the podcast with him and i play video games with him because he's my friend and he is making some new music, releasing it, but I don't want to speak too much about that either. I let him hey, do that. Absolutely. Well, yeah, yeah. Just like quick shout out to the Karma Kids because y'all really, y'all really did your thing, and 
I still have one of your CDs around here. I think I think I think it's in my CD stack over there, but I'm not gonna go dig for it. But um, that's all yeah. right. I yeah, I got a whole thing of CDs in the my car. Everything you say, I'm gonna have like a really slow anecdote that takes up all the time. <laughs> all right, keep nah, going. I'm sorry. No, nah, you're straight. Um, thank you for being here, Mike Dunscap. I appreciate you. Um, but I'm gonna ask you the first question I ask everybody who comes on here. What was the last movie or TV show you had a strong opinion about? You saw okay. you had a strong opinion about. Okay. So I feel like I have really strong. All right. All right. <laughs> I just saw Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Okay, finally. Somebody wants to fucking talk about this movie. Tell me how you felt about it. Okay. So I thought it was a good movie, but I don't I don't really okay. So bodies, 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 who those who don't know, it's like a murder mystery kind of deal, like kind of like scream, kind of like a slasher flick. We got teens in the house. Uh, except, you know, the years go on, so teens are from a different generation now. And like that, the zeitgeist of Gen Z, whoa, Gen Zeitgeist, you know, or there's something <laughs> there with the Zs. Um, yeah, totally. Yeah, I guess that just kind of reflects in the story a little bit about like people pointing fingers at each other and suspicions and stuff. Um, and I don't know if I want to spoil the whole movie. I thought it was kind of like it suggested. I don't know if this is spoiling it, so I won't. I, reveal all my cards here but like i thought it suggested something that was kind of interesting ish but like also kind of like nothing you know it's like at the end of the day it's still like a slasher horror movie a whodunit there's a twist or is there a twist no you know like whatever like mm -hmm. it's it's been done forever you know before films you know and uh i still think it's very entertaining i think it's a very well done one of those I think uh, Pete Davidson played a very convincing like douchebag uh, <laughs> for, uh, you know, whatever. I'll leave it at that. Um, and, you know, I liked all the characters. I thought all the characters were really nicely written and fleshed out. Um, a cameo from a comedian at one point, uh, Connor O'Malley. Oh, um, yeah. Okay. I was wondering who that was. I thought I know, I know yeah. who you're talking about now. Yeah, yeah. That guy. Uh, he's really wild. I like his his YouTube content and stuff. And uh, that's my body's 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 opinion. I guess like the controversial hot take on a lot of things I have is like things that have been hyped up that I slap a big like that's fine sticker on, you know? Yeah, I feel like that's been happening to me more and more, too. And at first I was going to do the same for bodies, bodies, bodies. But I thought about it for the, uh, a couple of days after I saw it. And I was like, I actually really enjoyed that. And like it mostly like mostly like my big issue was that um was that oh man I'm forgetting her name but the um uh the Eastern European uh or two actress right right oh that's her that's her yeah wow okay yeah no nah, I really liked her um yeah she, she did really she, well. She was amazing in Borat too. <laughs> but I um, want to rewatch um, Borat too because like Borat, you know, Borat's Borat. And like right. I kind of watched it expecting I mean it's Borat, so I saw Borat. But you know, like right. I want to rewatch it as like watching her more because like I wasn't like she stole the show and like she's huge in that film, but I also I just want to rewatch it, I guess, you know. Yeah, same. I have I, I haven't seen it since it because like that's one of those things where it's like you had to watch that like as soon as it came out to really get the full effect. You know, right. and like I'm kind of interested think just about to that. see I, like films that 
I feel like there's certain films and shows that you like that are better like when you see it immediately uh and that's why I asked because it's like if I didn't watch um that uh, at the the moment that it came out would it still be as good you know what I mean right yeah totally like and I'm really I'm really interested to see if that I'm really interested to see if that uh like really holds because because like because like it's really funny the Giuliani shit always kills me I still think about (laughs) that all the time like just the fact that they like managed to make that happen was really beautiful but um but like but like she did so like I wasn't huge on her character at first up until maybe like the last half hour of the movie of of bodies 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 what didn't you like about her character I just feel like Cause, cause, like, I'm, ju- I'm just now realizing that it was because they were trying to kind of keep us at a distance, or, or, or like, it was weird because she's supposed to be the audience POV character, right? Like, she's the person who's coming into this friend group having known nobody, and we right. obviously know nobody. So, like, we're so, 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 like, she's the POV, and like, we don't know, we know so little about her up until like the last half hour of the movie that I had a really hard time connecting with her as the POV character mm. just on like some just on like some real brass tacks like who are you type shit but it um like like obviously her character gets more fleshed out and we are and like we don't really like, like I can't say that we like understand her motivation I guess but like it works you know like we yeah get, yeah we get enough about her that it that it's fine and my complaint means nothing you know, like, right. Well, yeah, I guess they got to keep you in the dark because, you know, as every, you know, in every kind of like who done it, like that POV protagonist, like ends up being a suspect too, you know? So it's like, right. if they did give you everybody's backstory, they couldn't be like, what it, well, actually it could be you. Cause if you knew it was, if you knew they didn't do it, then it wouldn't be like, oh shit. What if it is her, you know, like, they right. couldn't really pull that rug if if there is no rug or that didn't work. They can't. No, no, no. I got it. Yeah, yeah. You had it. You had it. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and also it was sold to me as like a gen. It was sold to me as like a Gen Z answer to Scream, and I didn't really get a lot of Scream from that because like because like it's a slasher movie to an extent, but it's like not really a horror movie in like the way that Scream is. It, it's yeah. like like like. Like there's similarities to it, but it's not. It's a little too far removed from what Scream was for me to like. I get. I guess. I guess I was just like, it's not as like, you can't call something Scream and have it not be extra meta, you know? And right. like, and like, bodies, bodies, bodies is not a meta. It's it's not meta in that same way. It's not really like trying to like make a comment about horror films or like movies in any stretch it's more just like specifically about gen z yeah in that yeah. way you know yeah I, I yeah there's no real meta thing there i agree um it's yeah i think it's just gen z i'm I'm trying to gauge whether i could dig out any details that would like prove or disprove that but overall i think that they they succeeded i think in what they set out to do i just i agree it's not like a horror though it's not really scary um and speaking of horror i think horror is super interesting like do do you watch a lot of horror or have you and stuff i love i love horror movies yeah 
So I never grew up liking horror movies. I was a big wuss growing up and I still am at my core, a sensitive, scared child. Uh, you know, it reflects in my music. But the point is at around college, actually, okay, I'm lying. So, cause I did go through my whole like life last night in terms of like phases of films that I've watched in preparation for this. So I did actually have like a Freddy Krueger phase in high school and like middle school. But outside of that, like I, I truly started appreciating horror in college. So I studied film um, and one of the classes I took was like a studies of horror films. And the guy was just like a super horror nut and like he, you know, we started from the jump. It was actually British and Italian horror is what the, the class was. And it's, and it was seventies, like giallo Italian horror, like with all the mm -hmm. bright colors and the super blood and like all that, um, Suspiria and whatnot. So I guess the point is I really like horror and it really grew on me after learning a lot about it. And I find myself watching a ton of horror, um, more regularly than I think other genres, than I used to. I used to be like a really big sci-fi guy and I still love sci-fi. I guess it's stuff that's really conceptual really draws me and like horror has this room for conceptual and exploitative and over the top stuff that like you can't necessarily get in any like setting, you know? It's like right. people are exploding and slasher like, you know, I don't know. Yeah, the suspension it, like like it's easier to suspend disbelief knowing that you're watching like a sci-fi movie or like a horror movie or even to even to a certain extent like an action movie you know mm. like it, it it really just depends on the kind of movie you're making and like the audience will come in with like a you know like it's like me it's like me coming into bodies 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 expecting something along the lines of scream and not a hundred percent getting that you know like my you know like my expectations were subverted just because i had a certain expectation in my head and i right. think uh you know, you know, you look at a, you see, yeah, like since we're talking about horror, you look at a movie like, uh, like Cabin in the Woods, for example, because like, how do you make a horror movie after that? Yeah, you know, like it, it's it, it's it's just you know, like it's it's kind of like a, <laughs> to an extent, I feel like Cabin in the Woods is almost like the Watchmen of horror movies in some ways, like mm. maybe may, maybe not fully because like Watchmen was such like a like like watchmen kind of like it didn't just like break the mechanism it like it like broke the thing that you use to break the mechanism of like understanding how a comic book works you know and like and like cabin in the woods doesn't get to that point but it's like very close it's it's like it it's like the best commentary on what we perceive horror to be that i've seen probably since the first screen you know like i and, hear that yeah. and that like and like they and like they did a really good job of keeping everyone's expectations and or, or, or like having or like expect or like they did a really good job of hiding what the movie was about in the trailers. Because like we all got that it was yeah. like, a oh, it's a cabin in the woods horror movie. Like, you know, like they made it look super duper fucking generic. Right. And then and they like, nailed it. Yeah. Yeah. I watched it. I, I've <laughs> seen it like a bunch. I love that movie. And I actually think about that movie uh, just like as like a milestone of horror. And I'm not like an expert. Yeah, I took a class once, but like I generally like I can't tell you shit about horror for the most part. Like I never just grew up watching it. So right. the point I'm trying to make is um, that movie just like like it hits every like 
subgenre and trope in a way and and elevates the story and gets meta and like it still stays really funny and smart and at the same time is like kind of scary too like uh and pulls off being what it's trying to satirize at the same time as satirizing i just think it's like a masterpiece almost you know like i don't want to you know throw that word around but like i think it's it's a movie that i would comfortably watch at any point and it's also just like a very like what 2010s or whatever whenever it came yeah, out yeah i think it was 2012 it came out right before the first avengers came out because yeah. i saw them really close to each other that was that was that was back when joss whedon that was back before we all did right all right he's a we bad all knew. but yeah <laughs> but uh and iron yeah, no. or captain america's in that movie too chris evans yeah. right no um uh chris Hemsworth, thor thor thor's yeah. in thor's in that and that was because they they had made the movie in like 2010 and they made it like oh. before they made it i think i think it might have been after the first thor but like right before the avengers so sure. he just did it as like a quick little in betweeny type shit, right? And yeah, like th- th- like th- that that was a different time. Wow, that was that was such a strange time to be like, wow, like he's about to be in the Avengers, but he did this weird Cabin in the Woods movie. Like I remember yeah. being really confused by that, but like also kind of laughing, like weird. Yeah. <laughs> it makes sense, you know, Josh. Mm-hmm. I just didn't want to say Whedon, but <laughs> no, I feel I like- don't know that guy. <laughs> yeah me either um but uh what's it called so no i'm no yeah i'm 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 happy we're already here because typically typically i ask like what 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 like well actually no no because you didn't actually answer it so i'm gonna ask anyway (laughs) what was um no it's not it's not your fault but um what uh what's the earliest experience you remember having with a movie like it could be at the theater your cousin house wherever just first experience of the movie oh you know i have like I said, I was thinking about all this stuff last night and you saying cousin's house unlocked more memories. So <laughs> it always does. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I was super close with my cousins growing up and I'm still very close with them. Um, I'll say I'll just talk about them. So the first thing I wrote and it does include them and I, I, I I'm talking about like after content like Winnie the Pooh and like after Power Rangers, like the first like real deal shit for adults, but like watching it. Like, so I think the first, some of the first stuff I remember is Three Stooges. I remember really liking Three mm-hmm. Stooges as a kid, kid. Um, and then my cousins were really into James Bond and like Indiana Jones. And I remember just like watching all of that when I was like probably seven ish, eight ish, like all that stuff, like golden eye was out on N64 and we were just like watching all the James bonds. Um, Besides that, like I really, as a kid, I really liked Will Smith movies. Uh, I've talked about being like influenced by Will Smith without slapping people. Um, Yeah. So like men in black and like fresh Prince, the show, uh, not there's there's no freshman's movie but jim carrey stuff too like him being a a crazy goofball uh and i think that's kind of where my energy was at growing up and then like i got into like arnold schwarzenegger sci-fi with my dad and i remember like really watching like total recall and then like 
Predator. And I distinctly remember like being eight or nine watching, getting into those movies. What about Jingle All the Way? You forgot about the it's best amazing. Arnold Schwarzenegger sci-fi no. movie. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, Terminator. I'm trying to remember Turbo Man. And um, <laughs> Turbo I forget Man. the sidekick, the pink thing, Gunther or something like that. And no one likes him. And Sin- whatever. I like that movie. I have it on DVD. My uh, my roommate, I like I have I am one of those guys that had a huge DVD collection. Like it was my personality. And like at, at its worst, it was like, oh, I saw that movie and kind of liked it. I got to get that on DVD, you know, like and that's kind of that's my mentality. It was all about the collection. And then I guess, you know, now being an adult that needs space in their gosh darn home, like it went down and down and down. Now it's like right. a couple. Right. Like like a movies that i could just have somewhere and someone will instantly be my friend if they like that movie you know mm-hmm. um yeah, you gotta have point. like it's, it's gotta be like nothing but heavy hitters at that point you know like just like oh like yeah 20, so the point your is your 20 favorites like yeah jingle all the way that reminded me of uh you ever see first kid no i don't Sinbad think so bad is like the secret service guy to the president's son it's a 90s i know what you're I know what you're talking about, but I've never seen it. <laughs> I've yeah. always wanted to. That's the crazy part, but I've never I seen it. I can't guarantee you're going to, you know, love it now. But, you know, I love it because I was a kid, like, and I could, like, quote every scene. Right. But, you know, just tying Sinbad back into the mix. Three Ninjas Kick Back. That's another <laughs> a fantastic one. I never really watched any of the others, just the second Three Ninjas movie. But yeah, <laughs> I, I think I've only seen the first three ninjas movie, but I know they made like what, what they made like what, like three or four of them, maybe five yeah. or something they, like that. At a certain point, I stopped because they had I think they had like a different cast every movie of kids. So like I liked the kids I saw in the second one, but those weren't the kids in the first one nor the third one. <laughs> so I was like, I, I don't care. Like, I, don't, I know the third one, they went to like a theme park with Hulk Hogan and that came out like when I was. The other ones came out before that that was even on my radar. Three Ninjas right. Kickback, they go to Japan. They're playing baseball in Japan, and that one rules, and that's the one I saw. That's hard. <laughs> yeah. That's hard. Um, so you already you already kind of went into it with like your uh well, yeah. You already went into it with like your fascination with horror as you started to get older, but like were there like like before that, was there ever a point? Before that, did you have a movie that you watched that kind of like stopped you in your tracks and made you just like not even necessarily appreciate something in like a more artful sense, but Mm. just like something that really just like touched you on some level that really just made you look at a movie as more than just like a piece of entertainment or or like just like just like something that really. Yeah. I'm, I I always over explain that question, but yeah, no, you did not over explain it at all. I'm just on on the same page here. So the first movie that came to my mind, I like don't want to say it because it's like looking back, it's so problematic was The Professional with uh, because it's like such a like a pedo movie, you know, like, yeah, a little bit. It's great. I was 12 when I was watching it, you know, so like it was different. I don't know. Just like the music, the vibe was like French, like it's French guy made it, you know, Luc Besson. So like, yeah, very problematic movie, but um i love i love i love i love the i love that we're going off the 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 strength (laughs) that french people are inherently problematic (laughs) no problem with french people at all 
shout out to, uh, mas- <laughs> shout out to French people. Shout out to Masked Mask, actually, Maxime. Uh, he's uh, I met him through Tumblr in like 2011 uh, from sharing my music. And he's done all or not all, but like a lot of illustrations, mostly all of them uh, for my cover art. And he's French. We only know each other through the Internet. So like hey, shirt designs out. and like go climb a tree he drew like the illustrations on it and then like rapping is for idiots he illustrated and anyway french people the professional um yeah you know like i i think that movie it sucks that it just sucks like how gross that movie is but i guess i thought the action was cool and like i thought it was cool that a little girl was like an assassin you know Mm mm-hmm so it would be cool to see like Natalie Portman do that now and like somehow like own it and like in a way that they could be like, remember how like the movie first movie was actually fucked up. Like, you know, like if they could say that in the second one, yeah. like I think that'd be cool. And like maybe not have Luke Besson direct it and have like, you know, like a woman maybe direct it like, you know, that, Natalie Portman direct it. That'd be like, uh, that'd be like, um, you see Maleficent, the, the Angelina Jolie one. You know, I it was on TV at a bar that I my friend's bar. I was I went to go visit him and he just threw it on. And I was like, this actually is kind of great. Yeah, shit kind of rips. It, it's it's uh <laughs> like l- like I had issues with it. I talk about this with my partner all the time because like the great thing about Maleficent, the character, is that like she's just like evil just because and she like right. has no backstory. And like and like to an extent, her getting the whole like oh like her wings were mutilated and this dude that she loved betrayed her is like yeah having having the the region she turned evil just be like some just be like some dude who violated her really sucks on that level but it's a great yeah. fucking movie like it's just a really like angelina jolie's great in it it looks beautiful sure. it's really right. fucking freaky like and, and the and, effects and, you know, like, and the vibe is way more different than i thought it would be you know right it's like kind of grim like, yeah, right. And on top of that, you know, like like you're saying with the professional, it's like recontextualizing the story of Sleeping Beauty to be like, hey, this person that you thought was the villain is like, yeah, still kind of a villain, but like here's why she's a villain. They I really appreciate yeah. Yeah, I appreciated that idea of like somebody just being like, that original story is all cap. Like, like <laughs> this is this is me telling you the real story type shit. Like it's just it's just I just found that idea is so interesting and on like on top of the on top of whatever criticisms i might have it was just like sure somebody at disney was like we're gonna make um a critic i really love um by the name of bob chipman he called the movie like disney's version of like i spit on your grave you know I and, like it is kind of but that's wild you know that's wild like, that that's the comparison yeah it's like like it really is just like a rape revenge Disney movie. That's all it is, you know. Like it's kind of crazy. <laughs> so I watched it in a bar with the sound off. You're saying that like so I was like yeah yeah, but like she gets assaulted in the beginning or something, and like that's her story. Yeah. So Prince. Um. So the prince in the movie, he um he like falls in love with her, but it's really just because he wants to become the king, and the king is like you gotta go you, you gotta go neutralize the fairy leader. And huh. he he fakes falling in love with her and they like sleep together. It's kind of like implied, but um, he, uh, you know, like I, um, you like fairies can't fairies, um, um, iron burns fairies. So he takes these iron chains and chops her wings off. She has like these beautiful, like eagle wings. And he I remember that off. in the seeing it on the TV, I see the wing chops scene. I was like, what are we watching? And like, this is Maleficent. Yeah. 
it's yeah. crazy man it's it's like like it, it's it's so funny you bring that up watching it without sound because i did the same thing with the fourth toy story movie i saw <laughs> it three i saw it three times on a plane wow. and none of all the times, three times without sounds all three times without sound like wow. i watched Have you the ever movie watched it with sound never it's been it's been what's like, your opinion on it without have did you read it did it have subtitles no it, it, it like maybe maybe it had subtitles but like i went and read the wikipedia entries like i know what it's about and like I, and, and like it's obvious enough throughout or not obvious but like i got the general idea of what the movie was about but yeah. like having not heard it it was pretty good you know yeah like like Honestly, i almost no finish your thought no um I like I almost wish they hadn't made a fourth Toy Story movie because the third one yes. was such a great ending. And like yes. and, and 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 like I'm just the right age for me to have seen Toy Story 3 like the summer before I went to college. Like yes. like I like I literally grew up with the Toy Story movies. Like like 95 I was 3 years old. Like 2000 I was 7 or 8. And then right. Toy Story 3 is like Andy's giving up his toys and going to college. Me, I'm literally about to start my freshman year at college. So I have like, that's right. like there for me. But anyway. Yeah, I saw it <laughs> just leaving college because I, I was five in 95. So, but the same thing hit me, you know, that same generation. Like, I remember watching Toy Story 3, like when Toy Story 4 got announced, I was like, these guys, I hate these guys, you know? And now they have like Lightyear coming out or it is out. Um, which was pretty good i liked lightyear actually it? it was pretty good see this is the problem they just keep making it quality and then we keep watching it but yeah. toy story 4 i did watch and i didn't want to like it and i watched it with sound once uh and i really enjoyed it uh it they just know like pixar does knows how to tell a good story and like they're reusing the same ip sure but i do some of the things they explored i think were cool you know opened up they managed to open up the lore of the series even more when i finished yeah. that movie i was like this has me asking more questions about the toy story universe which makes me believe they could possibly be like toy story 5 <laughs> you know like they probably will I, who knows you know like but they can't just keep and it's like they can't just keep ending the series over and over again like you know i think that's what they're doing with you know buzz lightyear like do you think they're gonna do like a woody movie i hope not and and, and like it's weird because like the whole because like the whole conceit of the the light year joint is that like that's the movie that andy saw that inspired him to buy the buzz lightyear doll oh is that what it is yeah and yeah, yeah like they literally say that's like there's like there's like a title card at the beginning it's like this is the movie andy saw in 95 that inspired him to buy the doll so like so like that's, that's the whole really so, cool so yeah so like so like it's not a sequel if anything, it's like a prequel, but like, but like, it has nothing to do with the actual Toy Story universe. It's specifically a Buzz Lightyear thing. There's no like, like, it's only in the, the only world of Toy Story. It's not anything that actually happened to Buzz. It's all the stuff that like the when character he's that like... inspired the action figure. Yeah, yeah. I like I I personally love that idea, and I knew that going in. So I was like, all right, this sounds it's, great. You know, <laughs> it's interesting because like I having brought up those like, hey, I wonder if they'll make a Woody one. I don't think it would work, actually. Now, thinking about it, because it's like in the context of Toy Story, Woody was like the everyman or whatever. And then Buzz comes along and he's like very self-serious. And, you know, his character arc is that, you know, he loosened up. But like 
that's why I think Lightyear works because that guy was always like it's it's Buzz Lightyear in the beginning of Toy Story one almost right. It's like I'm a space cadet or whatever kind of you know. Yeah, it kind of sort of it's like because because like he he clearly takes his job seriously, but he's also it's almost like the new Batman movie in the sense that I this didn't is like, see that either. So so long story or short, I saw Toy Story, but not that yeah. Or Buzz story, Lightyear, sorry. Gotcha. No, no, no. It's cool. Um. So long story short, like the Batman movie is like that's like year that that's like Bruce Wayne like just starting out as Batman. Like he's not he's not like the the gruff experienced Batman that we know. And this is and and it's the same thing for Buzz. Like Buzz Buzz has like Star Command hasn't even started yet. Like oh, like, okay. like like Light Lightyear ends with them founding Star Command. Oh, so, so they're gonna like, do a million more of these. Probably, but like the, the interesting thing is, is like I love the idea of it being the movie that inspired Andy to get the toy. But at the same time, like there's a character, um, there's a robot cat character called Socks, I believe, and Socks Very is the name. coolest fucking Toy Story character in any of the properties ever. Like just, just like the things that he can do and like his general, like his vibe is like. To me, I'm like. Why did you buy a Buzz Lightyear doll when you could have bought a Socks doll? You know, like, like it kind, it kind of ruins True. everything for me. Just like, like you, you saw Lightyear, right? No. Oh, oh, okay, okay. So, like, so yeah, like I've Socks seen the trailer. Just... I know there's a cute cat and like stuff happens. Like it has some kind of powers or something, or it's a yeah, robot, like, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, yeah. Like it's yeah, it's like a robot that helps him. Um, I'm not gonna explain the whole movie, but yeah. So like, spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> So fucking socks is just like the coolest. It's the coolest anything Toy Story related ever. And like, if that was really the truth, socks would have been in all these fucking movies. That's all I'm trying to right. say. Like, like yeah, just like yeah. his personality and just like the stuff that he can do is like, why not? What? Like, it just makes me mad that socks wasn't in these movies. You if know? socks, you know, maybe they'll make like a cut, like you know, in the like in the '90s, Lucas put out the Star Wars movies again yeah. with like extra <laughs> scenes and shit. Like they'll add yeah. the socks cut of uh, all the Toy Story movies. We need we the socks get, cut. We need the socks cut. Get a get a petition going, and we'll get a bunch of people. I you could get anybody to sign a petition online. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'll have I'll have twenty thousand signatures by six o'clock. <laughs> make it happen. <laughs> God damn, I'll make it happen. Um, so let's jump over to the other side with music. When did you first fall in love with music and when did music first come into your life? And when were you like, this shit is tight? <laughs> uh, music, I think has always kind of been there. So my dad or yeah, my dad, I think is the one who kind of brought more music into my life. Uh, he worked like in finance stuff, but or still well he's retired now but he worked in finance stuff but um when he was i guess in his 20s or whatever he like taught himself guitar and like did wet i think he did a couple wedding gigs like being a guitarist uh and like kind of just sang covers of like folk songs like neil young and cat stevens and stuff so um Growing up, he would like play guitar to us and we had a piano in the house and he would kind of play the piano or my sister kind of had lessons with piano. I never had lessons with piano, which ironically, now I take lessons for piano. I had them today, actually. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to get better. Uh, well, that's why you go. But um, um, 
yeah so that's kind of where like just music in general came from but it, like in terms of actual like artists and who i listened to growing up um i remember being like around eight in the same deal where like the first like adult music that i listened to that was like for adults um was simon and garfunkel's greatest hits and seals and croft's greatest hits Wow. And uh, <laughs> I just kind of remember like coming like boop, like coming online and hearing those songs, not coming online like I but like riding in the car and just being like, oh, I like this song, like having requests for music. And it was like from those songs or sound or CDs. Um, but my first cassette, it uh, my own cassette was I had Big Willie style. I had um the soundtrack to the sixth man uh wow the arnold movie uh no oh, no no that's the My sixth fault. day I'm thinking the sixth, sixth man day. is a wayne's brothers comedy about right. basketball no, ghosts <laughs> basketball ghost that. brothers um what a movie <laughs> still love that movie another one on dvd um that i have stored away so yeah, it was the Six Man soundtrack and a Space Jam soundtrack. And I guess that's maybe where some of the hip hop came into my head, maybe, and started to put down some roots. Um, I remember my first, my mom actually took away the Six Day soundtrack because she listened to it. I don't rem I don't know what's on that soundtrack. I'd have to go back. I only remember Deeper Than Blood, which is a song. It's like an R&B song. It's like, deeper, deeper than blood. Anyway, um, <laughs> My first CDs were Weird Al, the TV album, which was a compilation oh. of songs he did that were just TV related. And then um, Willinium. Wow, you're the only other person on planet Earth I've heard talk about Willinium. I had that. On I CD could talk too. about Willinium. Unfortunately, oh, I could talk a man. lot about Willinium. Um Yeah, so since we can, no one, I've never had this rapport with any human except for ones online. Uh, anyway. Um, yeah. I like back in my early teen days, I would write, like I started writing music, like and posting them on a Will Smith forum, which is so embarrassing. No shit. <laughs> yeah. It was a JJFP, Jazzy Jeff Fresh Prince dot com. And that's like so there was a there was a whole community of like people who made rap music, and that's where I would share my lyrics, and then that's where I first shared anything I recorded ever. Wow! And the, people would give me feedback and like encouragement and stuff. I got in like written out rap battles there, um, like they had them. Yeah. Anyway, that was some of the music I listened to, and then I think I'm trying to think if there was any like poignant thing after those like initial cds i remember had it you know but Damn. that's where it popped off with music that's beautiful. and i think like yeah middle school and stuff it was like leaning more into i guess that's where i started leaning more into hip-hop and i started rapping because i remember having guitar lessons in sixth grade and i remember writing like i was always writing a lot like just diary entries or creative stories as a kid or uh eventually poetry when I guess I got to middle school and I was writing like 16 bars and I was like wait this is 16 bars you know like and like I was trying to like play with a piano or a, a guitar and then that's when I kind of just like made the switch to trying to like write hip-hop music or started writing hip-hop music damn so from there 
so like so like so like once you started writing and you did it more and you grew into it and you were obviously listening to more stuff what like like when was when was the time when you were like when when did you first make a song and think like I can actually do this this isn't just something that's like a hobby like I'm gonna go do this like when did I decide to like keep on like take it seriously and keep on going yeah I don't know um I feel like it was just I don't know if there was a switch that flipped if anything it was like that moment you know where okay. I was like oh I'm gonna make hip-hop music actually because that seems to make more sense for me like there was that moment and then ever since then like luckily enough like my dad was very supportive he got me like a very cheap microphone and then like just like made sure i had like a software to record which was like a free fruity loops until we purchased it and um yeah i started making beats early high school and like i guess by sophomore year i had like a self-produced self-recorded album which is so bad so so bad but um and this is before generally sad songs this is yes generally sad songs was like i guess the with the karma kids that was like i guess 2011 ish is when i released the last thing that cannot be found online anymore like there's a whole lineage of like i used to go by concept like for one album when i was in high school that i guess we just talked about that one, but like I went by Mike Petro for like from like 2015 to like 2011 ish. And generally sad songs was the first project that I, I was dunce cap as. Um, but I've, I've been doing it forever, but just only as dunce caps for, I guess, 11 years now. Right. Um, and before before we move on with that, because I want to because because I want to I want to know. I want to know why you chose Dunscat, but I gotta ask because we're gonna we're gonna transition over. Like, as you were kind of growing up and just kind of taking in all this inspiration from music and film and all this other shit, was there ever a period of time where you made a conscious, where you had a conscious realization of like music and film being interconnected in some way? Like, it could be as, it could be something as simple as like you appreciating how a song like influenced a soundtrack for a movie or some shit you know I, it doesn't have I, to be exactly that but wait so i have something in mind it's like kind of just like appreciating music in movies a little bit that's kind of yeah. what you're looking for that's cool so, yeah like when i was making skits and stuff uh in high school and little short movies in high school and college I would usually just pick a song I like and make it the background and then like edit, you know? Um, and I think that and watching movies, like like the famous Goodfellas scene with the freezer and they're playing, um, what is it? Gimme Shelter or whatever the other Rolling Stones song. And yeah. like like seeing stuff like that, Tarantino does good songs in his in stuff and kind of just like, I think maybe that, you know, being like, oh, wow, this is a really good song. And when I started making my own videos, I think is when I truly saw more about the the connection. And because 
when you're making stuff, it's like, this is, I wrote this to be sad and it's not sad, but now I know if I add a sad song, it's sadder. So I guess I, um, like the music is telling you what to feel. And I think that I kind of noticed that maybe is what I started noticing, just like kind of studying video and studying audio. You know, one thing actually, my, I had a TV class in high school and it was like an elective class, but it, it was there uh and one of the questions it was like a gotcha question because there was a like a it was like what's what's the answer a or b and the answer was c um mm-hmm. but it was what's what's better or what's more important film audio or video and the answer is both together i mean it was just a high school teacher's question not like it's uh cinema canon or anything but uh I, that always stuck with me too um, because it made me realize like I put video, you know, I was like, Oh, there's silent films. So obviously video is more important, but putting down both, I was like, I guess that kind of changed my mind a little bit and gave me a different perspective of just like, like how influential sound is in general and especially music, you know? Yeah. You know, it's like you said, you know, like sound, sound kind of like dictates how we feel about, not even just like a specific thing in like a movie or a music video, but just like everything, you know, like to me, to me, like sound is like sound dictates so much of how I like relate to a memory almost. It's weird because like typically like I, like I think they say that smell is the thing that's most. I was just going to say smell. Yeah. But like, which it is obviously, but like, can I ask you a quick Go on, yeah. I'm going to cut no, you no, off no. to ask you about no. a weird smell. I'm like, did you ever smell this smell? That's what I was about to do. But you want to finish a- that a- thought? Um, No, ask me the question. I'm more interested in that. <laughs> okay, so I walked past the bank recently, and there's a bank, you know, whatever, there's a bank near me. And when you walk by, there's like a like a grate in the floor that re- like leads to the basement of the bank or whatever. And there's air conditioning by that grate that shoots out. And it smells distinctly like bank air conditioning bank or safety deposit room bank and it reminds me instantly of being a child and running errands with my mom like four five six seven or whatever and her needing to go to the bank for some reason and me just like tagging along do you have that smell do you do you, does that smell resonate with you like bank that smell? specific one yeah 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 because because like because like it smells like money it smells like, like it smells like is money, that money and smell? Like, it's it's like a combination of like money and just like whatever metal they're using on the vaults and and and, what, and whatever and whatever that. and whatever bullshit fucking cologne or perfume people are wearing. Or work at okay, the bank. one yeah. more smell question. Yes. What about freezers? I really like how freezers smell. Tell me, tell me how a freezer smells because I might know what you're talking about. Well, that's what I'm trying to I'm asking because I don't know how to describe it. You just said money for the bank. And obviously that seems very like <laughs> obvious, but it kind of was like, OK, it's totally is money. So I'm thinking maybe it's the smell of like Freon or something like whatever makes a freezer cold. It smells it reminds me kind of like a cooler, but different from a cooler. I feel like a cooler smells a little more like dank where yeah. like a freezer smells a little more like um chemically in a weird way but it's hypnotic (laughs) it's a hypnotic smell it smells like science that sounds so weird but it kind of just smells like science just like okay 
just just like I've never been around liquid nitrogen, but I imagine that a freezer kind of smells like how it would feel yeah. to just like smell like like if I don't even know if liquid nitrogen has a smell, but if it did, I would imagine that it would smell like a freezer. If that makes imagine sense. you smell liquid nitrogen, it goes all up your nose and freezes all your nose hairs in yeah, your brain. Just, just start ripping shit out. Like, <laughs> like I saw um, some liquid nitrogen for a science class. Some guy came and smashed a rose. That was pretty neat. Oh, those are always so cool. Yeah. Um. You. You. Um. You. Have you seen Jason X before? The. the... Yo. No. Yes. Okay. I have, but once in my Freddy Krueger phase in high school. So okay. I know that there's a part where somebody shatters, right? Yeah. So yeah. So like he. So like he takes this woman. He takes. He. He. He dunks her head in a, a vat of liquid nitrogen and freezes her entire face and then just like shatters her face. <laughs> on the it's 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 like it's it's such a distinctive memory in my that that's such a wild movie it's, i want to watch it's, jason x again yeah it's 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 such a 2002 movie and i love everything about it like like that movie is so early 2000s it was set to let the body like the trailer was set to let the bodies hit the floor like that's a that's it's a hell of a song that shit is crazy <laughs> that's, that song reminds me of triple x with vin diesel <laughs> yeah me too yeah wow. and th- and there's some other song in there too that are well he jumps off the bridge in like the cold open to that song i believe mm-hmm. which is like super cool super cool stunts <laughs> god damn he was he was or ong bak i know i completely just flipped to wow. not talking about triple x hey, but i guess cool. that was like that was like a uh a part of high school too is like watching these like stunt jackass uh ong bak with like you're like oh he's beating the fuck out of that like uh extra yeah. <laughs> or whatever <laughs> but like stuff like that you know i love shit like that I, um you y'all you seen jackass forever the new the new jackass yes. movie? it's great uh i loved it i really liked it i think i think you know i was laughing pretty hard and i was like i don't laugh that much and like it's just very like i, I think lowbrow would be saying something that's like would be more of an insult but it's it's very uh visceral like obviously it's uh just like people hurting themselves and doing stupid stuff but it's like yeah it's very primal you know like i can't just watch some of those things and not be like have a this visceral reaction like oh shit or like there's one scene where they turn night vision on in the room and and then like they just like had everybody run around and like that made me laugh really hard uh in a way that like scripted comedies usually don't you know like I feel like a scripted comedy, I'll be like, <laughs> good joke. Nice reference. You know, whereas yeah. like somebody like farting in someone's face, I'm like, ha, ha, ha. you know, like, <laughs> there's just like, it just like gets me on a different level. But, you know, I, there's yeah. got to be room for both. I feel that. Yeah. No. Nah. And like it had been so long since I'd seen a movie or anything really that really gave me that like that really gave me that sort of reaction. Like just like just like watching um uh it wasn't dave england it was uh the other guy i can't remember but the guy that they strapped to the chair and had the bear come in they poured honey and salmon all over him and like that should have me that should have me crying i was like almost like rolling on the floor just like (laughs) i can't i can't remember the last time i laughed that hard in the movie theater like and and, like i laugh all the time so like i'm very like it's it's just a very like that, Some people that, are like really against jackass and stuff. Like they're just like really not about it, which I get. It's like gross. And like, yeah. I guess some people really don't like like watching people get hurt, which 
understandable. It's not like I want to watch people get hurt and I seek it out, but right, it doesn't, you know, slapstick makes me laugh. I watched the three stooges growing up. So, right. You know, you know like, yeah, yeah. Like it's already like, it's already just like a part of your DNA in that way. I like jackass to me is actually insane. Like not literally, well, whatever, maybe, but the point, how influential to just culture it yeah. it was i feel like it some people like get it and like were like wow like this is pre-youtube and like this is all youtube is and like people say that like kind of lightly but if you think about that like youtube like it's like i guess what i'm trying to say is like it's so ingrained in like fail videos like people uh-huh. know what that is you know like or just just i don't know like hype houses like people making content like that was just, like it's not the same thing but it's like a bunch of friends hanging out making crazy videos like i don't know i just yeah. i find it so fascinating and i was like an impressionable youth around that age and like made dumb videos and like yeah. i was and also have a disclaimer at the beginning of every episode and the beginning of every movie like and it only made you want to do it more like yeah oh yeah did you ever do any like stuff like that I thought nothing. You're like, uh, no, no I, like nothing, nothing that crazy. It would, it would just be some shit like try some crazy hot sauce or like, right. or, like Bernie one Bot's time, beans, right? Like one time, like me and my friends, we like we made we made ice cream because like some well, someone got an ice cream maker for some reason, and oh, like nice. we just like made ice cream with like the worst possible shit in it, just like peppercorns <laughs> and capers and like that kind of sounds like awesome. Well, not delicious, but like kind of we we fed it to somebody and they fucking hated it and they had no it's mostly because they had no idea what was in it right like, like, oh it, is this it, vanilla it was, oh no this is it, capers it, and peppercorn <laughs> it was it was i forget what else we put in it but it was crazy bro um but yeah you know like like that's just so it's like it was them in backyard wrestling like mm. like like b- before that it was like i did that, that too yeah I, I I never did it, but I saw people do it, and I played the. They did the um. They made a backyard wrestling. They made two backyard games? wrestling games for the PS2, and so, those were great. Yeah, those like I great. never was like hardcore. Like when I say backyard, I feel like there's like a backyard wrestling TM like whole vibe of people like hurting each other with like glass and shit. Like that wasn't right. me. They tried I just to, like they tr- jumped on the trampoline and practiced moves with my cousin, but uh, also liked wrestling games though. They tried to turn that shit into an one or like, or like, or like an one or back. some shit. Yeah. Or the, the, um, the AFL, right. The American <laughs> football league or whatever. Right. Yeah. 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 Or the, um, is the XFL still XFL. I I, That's I know, what I was I, trying to say. And I said, AFL, I know, I know Vince McMahon was trying to bring it back, but he's, he's in the doghouse right now. So yeah. Right. <laughs> it's so weird that he's even a real human. I don't know. Yeah. He just seems like such a character meme, like, I guess he is, but he's like also actually an asshole. You know, he feels like he was put together in a lab, bro. I was watching old clips of him when John Cena put the rap album out, and oh like, my there's god, just like, and, and and there's just like the one where he just like looks at him and just like yells the n word and just leaves. And he's just I like, saw that, my nigga. Like, you know, he just like he like jumps out his throat, and like it's Booker like, T how, is yeah. in the room, and like Booker T is just like staring at him, like <laughs> wrestling is crazy, like. <laughs> I like it's just always super interesting. I watched the I almost called it the Super Bowl. I watched the uh, WrestleMania with like some people who are still into wrestling this past year. And like 
it's wild man it's just like it's such a spectacle and like it's performance art you know it's like pretty gnarly it's just fun. Like, I don't know. I just like, I'm not, as, I'm not huge into wrestling. I, I I got a lot of homies who are, but like, it's just fun. Yeah. It's just fun. Like, I just feel fun watching it. Yeah. It's just like, they're trying to like rile you up or just like amp you up. Like that's all they mm-hmm. want to do. Like, you know, and just watch some crazy stuff. I don't <laughs> know. It's pretty great. Yeah. I like that a lot. Someone um, was, I read somebody's meme that was like, uh, uh, wrestling is just drag for dudes. And I was like, eh, you know, maybe. I mean, like, yeah, no. Or like straight I, I would, dudes, I mean, like, yeah, or whatever. I would buy that. I'm digging a yeah. hole here, but. <laughs> no, 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 I feel you. It's, it's, it's like, it's, yeah, it's like that. And it's like theater, you know, it's just like, it's, theater, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's just like going to the opera or going to a drag show, you know, like yeah. I went to the, I went, I went to this really incredible, I went to this really incredible um drag wrestling show called Tasselmania. And that sounds incredible. It was great. Son, it was, it was, I, I had. Is that in the I city? Had, it was in the city. Yeah, it was in. Uh, oh, I forget. It was at. Um, I forget the name of the place. I gotta ask Desiree later. But like, we went on a whim because like Des really wanted to go. My partner wanted to go see Tasselmania. Like, you want to go see this? I was like, yes, let's go, yes. please. You know, <laughs> like we did it, and it was Tasselmania was awesome. Whoever, if anybody who runs that is listening, do that again because that was great. Do that again, please. I'm gonna go see it. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm gonna keep you posted on it. Um, Hell yeah. So at so you know like obviously like you get older and you start really you know like leaning into making music for real and you put out generally sad songs which I believe is the first and only project you put out before you before the Karma Kids kicked off is that right or am I fucking that up That is correct so okay. yeah I made that album up not with them at all like right. uh, no one well actually had was on the long but and samurai banana did cuts for that same song uh social drinker but aside from those two uh that song like everything was recorded and kind of wrote and whatever outside of us all hanging out but it was like kind of released when it was like released when we all started hanging out that's why those guys are on that but Mm -hmm. at the same time like most of it was completed before then so yeah after that it was uh me and samurai banana did human error and that was like the first Karma Kids solo project thing I did. <laughs> so, so like putting, so like putting general, putting generally sad songs together, like, you know, like that's like, that's like the first body of work of yours that you can find on the internet that you're not going to put a whole bunch of qualifiers on. Like, ha- like, you know, like yeah. you, you, you do that and then you join up with everybody in the Karma Kids. Like, like once you, once you kind of made that transition from kind of making music by yourself to working with them at that time, like, do you, like, what do you feel like, what do you feel like you learned about yourself as an artist that you brought with you from working on generally sad songs to the stuff that you did with them for. That's such a great question. <laughs> uh, yeah. So great question. Thank um, you. Cause I, cause I learned a lot and so how many years Karma Kids? I'd say roughly from, well, that's kind of a loaded question, but if we're talking about just like the group, the four of us, five of us on stage, um, that kind of was like 2012-ish, 13-ish to like 2000, 
18 maybe 19 i don't remember maybe more 18 ish 2018 ish i don't know but um what did i learn from that um i learned a lot and how i operated i like talking about or i like i like talking about how the karmic gets kind of came to be so like i've spoke about it a little before but we all knew each other from college for the most part and we all were our independent like hip-hop groups and it was really like three different groups melting into one and uh head trip was kind of the leader of that group so it was him and banana uh they had their group and then there was a another group that contained googie and gruff lion and two other guys they melted down into our group and then me i was kind of like a loose just like a lone wolf kind of free agent guy and I knew the rest of them from being at school together and seeing each other at like hip hop music events and stuff, whatever. We all meet up and I was always making music about being sensitive, I guess, and like my emotions, like generally sad song, miserable then um, on like any given full length project. There's definitely a couple songs about being like sad or about like a broken heart or something. So um, I've always been in touch with like my sensitive side. And I think I filled that role a little bit in the karma kids. Whereas um, at least towards the beginning, like, you know, gruff lion had his influences. Googie had his influences. Um, same with head trip. And I guess, whereas everyone is, has their emotions, I guess me talking about being a little more sensitive is where I kind of, not cornered the market, but it's where I felt that I was, I operated from the most, I guess, and the other people could go there, but not necessarily, that wasn't like their default, so to speak. Right. And then I think Dunce Cap came to be, I remember you saying that is like, um, I was coming up with a new name because I wanted to separate Mike Petro as like a video thing so that like I could get work or whatever, because if you typed Mike Petra, there would be like music videos where, you know, I was being a little reckless or whatever. So I was like, all right, let's, let's separate this. Um, but also I, you know, what I, I really noticed is my humor, the side of my, like, I try not to be too humorous, but I'm just naturally like making people smile and make people happy. But I think in music, like that can be seen as kind of corny or unless you do it right. Like, I don't know, like Koreatown Oddity is so good and like he makes really humorous music, but it's like yeah. so good. Whereas like I don't want to be like seen as little dicky or like anything like that where it's like, right. you know, there, I think there's like a line. Um, And I think being dunce cap, I always maybe I'm a little too hard on myself or too self-aware about it. But there's been like, you know, a handful of people that have been like, man, you should stop being funny or, you know, stop being weird or whatever um but i think that having people in the karma kids helped strengthen that and, and none of them said that stuff um but it's like i have to in order for me to be kind of a goofy i have to have someone i'm trying to make happy so like if i'm right. working alone there's not someone i could be like hey cheer up buddy google gobble gible it's mostly like man i'm alone right now and then that's what the music becomes you know or like I'm alone right now with song one. Then song two is like, I made an omelet today. You know, it's like, yeah. so it's like, that's where I get a little off the cuff and alone because it becomes more kind of uh, 
I'm looking recluse, not reclusive, but like, that's just where I'm operating from. If I'm not hanging out with a bunch of people, I can't kind of talk about chilling with people and doing things going out and like having these more uh, extroverted hip hop song ideas, so to speak. So I think that was brought out of me and also being on stage, it was very intimidating for me at first because some of these people also had a rapport together, like, Googie and Gruffline came from a rap group together. So they had a rapport of working on stage together. And then Head Trip and them also were together working together before I was peppered into the group. So they all had a rapport. So me coming in, I was like, who am I in this group? Like, what makes me special? Um, I Actually, the story of the glug, I make that noise a lot, um, is they all kind of had their own ad lib at one point and I wanted to have my own little ad lib and I did that's where the glug came up I just like decided (laughs) that was my thing um but yeah I don't know I guess what did I come out of that learning is I think I had better stage presence um you know you have four guys on stage that are all trying to do the best that they can do I think there's a lot of positive uh what's the word competition healthy competition on stage two and i think that brought out a lot of really great uh performances where it's like i can be the foil or contrast to another person whereas again if that's not on stage i'm 100 percent me with nothing to work off of you know it's a little easier like if i make a joke to the crowd it's not like everyone is gonna laugh whoops if not everyone's gonna laugh necessarily or right. I'm not going to get that instant, like, I know that was successful. I know how to operate from here because it's like bright on stage. But if I'm working on stage with three other guys and I say something funny and then Googie laughs, I'm like, oh, that was funny. And now, like, I could it, like it's a little more reaffirmation, too, on stage because, like, you have you're working with people and you have something to go off of. So right. I guess I learned what works like if now I know a little bit better i think i have a better stage presence from doing so many shows i know how to like work a dead room a little better maybe and like i don't know project my voice and be confident and then in terms of my music itself uh i kind of you know i developed a little more of i i've said a a self-deprecating braggadocia where it's like I, I realized that like brag, bragging in hip hop, you know, is something that happens a lot with everybody who does it. And when you're not a confident person and you're coming from a lonely place, sometimes it's harder to brag. So I kind of Definitely. found like a, a loophole where like I would brag about how sad I was or like how stupid I was, you know. So that's where kind of dunce cap the name comes in, where it's like, oh, like, oh, dunce cap is so dumb. He has fl- left his fly open like. If I say that confidently, it's like a quirky, cool thing now, you know? So I think like um, working, operating as dunce cap among the karma kids helped me hone that personality as well, where I was like, what am I going to be? Like, what what makes me special? Well, I could be kind of aloof or goofy or I talk too much or like, Mm -hmm. I think if I just kind of like address those things and try to be what I am in real life, um, it'll come across better and more organic and more special. And I think I, I kind of learned that a little bit. And when I'm alone, it becomes, I get too in my head sometimes and I don't release music or it has to be really perfectly manic or not manicured, but um, 
like every detail and has to be ornamented and right it kind of i think working with other people it's like just more natural and comes out like oh that was great first take cool you know whereas like i'll do a hundred takes by myself just because i don't know if it sounds good or it doesn't compare to the perfect recording i had in my brain like right because you know. you're your own toughest critic type shit i totally get that yeah yeah that's such a that like i'm actually really happy you brought that up because of course like pretty pretty um uh pretty soon after after the karma kids dissolved you started putting out another handful of projects and one of those is a uh, miserable then that was produced entirely by a lucid and yes. um shout shout out shout out to chaz by the way and um shout he, out uh, you know like <clears throat> it's uh it's interesting because a lot of your a lot of your music a lot of um a lot of your music tends to be self-produced and that's one of the only solo projects of yours that well aside from like go climb a tree that wasn't really produced by you so kind of there was the the human error with banana but yeah right 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 my fault um no you're good so you know just kind of like move moving from that space of like isolation and loneliness to working with a group like the karma kids to coming out of it and making music on your own but kind of bringing more people into your world like like what like what was that transition like for you like working with people like um hajito on go climb a tree i hope i really hope i just pronounced his name right i don't think I did. uh hajino <laughs> yeah uh, okay cool H- H- i got it yeah <laughs> it's a stage name anyway so uh but yeah hajino haji uh hajino right I've, so you know it's a co- yeah <laughs> sorry sorry i didn't mean to cut you off no nah, you're good man um Oops. the yeah so working with other people is really good uh and i kind of want to do that again um like when i produce myself it's kind of like what i was just saying it's like when i make all my own beats the same thing happens where like like i'm currently working on a project that beats have been for a couple years just stagnant not that they're stagnant in it's just that like is this still good like you know and granted i've been busy and it's like I have I've been on and off working on it, but mm-hmm. um, when it's produced by someone else, I can not have to think about half of that song because it's like you're not double tasking. Like to take it back to video, uh, like I do a lot of music videos and I'll direct them and I'll shoot them and I'll edit them. And when I'm directing right. and shooting them, I'm a little bit less good at directing because i have to spend a little more time setting up the camera and my shots might be you know not as thought out as if i was only shooting it so like i work with you know camera people and that's when i can solely focus on one thing is when i when i do better so this is leading back to working with one producer versus my own production is i think that when I work with other people like Hajino or Samurai Banana um, or Elucid, I get, it's almost like I'm communicating with them. You know, it's like their vibe, like the same way where it's like, where I said before, it's like, I have someone to kind of bounce off of a little bit. And it works that way with my writing too, where like Hajino, I met him through the internet um, and I wrote to some of his music. I found his beats through originally Reddit 
then SoundCloud. And then I was writing one day, reached out to Hajino, like, hey, can I use this beat? And then like, you know, the rest is history. Right. Um, so with him, it's like when I write with him, I don't know. I just, I feel really free to kind of just be myself and go where I want to go. With Banana, it's like, I really, I also feel free. He's one of my best friends, but I feel like I want to really make him happy. And and I think that kind of pulls my music more towards a side of things that I know make him laugh. You know, like like on, on Human Error, there's like a song called Sniff about like smelling pets that hang out in the sun too long because their fur gets like a little dank that's such a weird idea you know like and i don't think i would have wrote that song unless it was with tim or samurai banana because just i was in his apartment his cat was there and i smelled the cat and it smelled good and he made the beat so like very strange but you know um when I'm alone, I think the difference is like, I have some kind of expectation of this is like some grand song that must be elite status produced and elite status written where I can take the back seat and focus a hundred percent on being a writer when I don't have to produce the beat. Right. Totally. And you know, like there's also like, I, I'm like, I might just be speaking for myself here, but there's definitely a sense of like, it's a lot of pressure to be all of yourself, to put all of yourself into like a piece of art that's just like all made by you because mm-hmm. like you want it because you know, like like you know like, like you're saying you want it to represent like even you know like, even if that's even if it's completely unrealistic it's just like oh this is like all of me you know like mm-hmm. this is like all of me I'm giving you and I want it to represent 100% of me and like you know like that can just make things really complicated so i yeah, like i completely completely understand yeah it's like, so another thing is like, I think when I produce it, for some reason in my head, it is more of a statement. And it's like, I become a little more, maybe not more careful, but I'm extra careful about what I say sometimes. Um, Maybe that's true for all music I make, but I guess... I never want to like, I guess what I'm specifically thinking of is like, I'm currently writing a song about sex and it's like, I never really talk about sex in my music and maybe that's more of a personal thing, but well, I'm just trying to poke holes in my own story and not sharing it, (laughs) but basically it's a samurai banana beat. My next project is mostly produced by myself, but then it has like a couple guest producers on it. And I think that is somewhere I want to operate for more in the future, because like there will be that inherent vibe that I create matched with my vocals. And I think that's something special for any artist to do. Um, But at the same time, there's certain vibes that resonate with me that I cannot create in the same way, you know, like a lucid's production. Like I will, I generally speaking, I don't think I'll ever be able to make something like he made, just because it's his voice and that resonates with me. And I I don't think I'd ever make it the same way he would make it. So it's fun to connect with other people and find parts of you to, to put into this box and release, you know? Yeah, totally. Like that's, uh, 
that's just, you know like you you already said it before just like being able to kind of fall back and focus on this one thing that means something to you and like just like the difference that can make and how it comes out and you know I feel I feel like that goes double for your work as a director and just everything you do with video and I realized that I'm a bad host because I didn't ask you about that way before when did when did when did when did making videos start like like when did you start because you mentioned that you had been making like skits in high school and all that stuff but like when did you when did you like start directing like what was the because like I'm really familiar with your um obviously you've directed a bunch of videos for Akai solo Mm -hmm um especially recently um i love i love the nebula and ocean hue hours videos by the way they're both so thank good. you thank yeah, you you're, you're, you're very welcome um so like what so like when so like when did you first start directing video and when, when when did that become a thing that you wanted to pursue alongside music um music videos specifically came about like um probably 2011 2012 ish uh one of my good friends uh ab go hard um he's on the west coast now but he was putting out tons of music and that's where i started making officially music videos um but video in general like skits and stuff my i've always had a fascination with taking video um like have you ever seen a how to with John Wilson or um, even actually, um, yeah. through the gift shop uh, that movie. It's a Banks, it was like Banksy one. The Banksy movie. Yeah. yeah. That movie's actually yeah. really good. Um, Fantastic. If, if, if you haven't seen it, anybody out there, it's pretty much like how to, it's similar to how to with John. It's not similar to how to with John Wilson, but you'll whatever a guy who's obsessed with taking video. They're both about that. That's, that's all <laughs> right. similar And I was kind of that, not the same level at all, but my dad uh, always really likes taking, we growing up, we'd call him the paparazzi because he always was really into cameras and take pictures with like really nice camera gear, like at all the, the family events and stuff. Um, And I was always, I think growing up the family movies we would take that my parents would take of us uh, like seven years old and under we would make a habit of like sitting down and watching family movies. Like we would put in all the tapes and we would just put the camcorder to the TV and we would sit back and watch tapes of us as kids. Like when I was seven, it would be like maybe home movies from that year, excuse me, or the couple of years before that. But the point is that ritual of watching like home movies with my family is what kind of led into me doing video because there's home movies where i'm about 9 10 and it's kind of like uh uh-oh mike got a hold of the camera so now it's like (laughs) there's tapes from that age where it's like me just commentating while filming and it's like all super cringy stuff um well it's probably not that bad i'm just like a nine-year-old kid but when i was younger it really made me cringe um just filming the dog or filming my mom and she'll be like what are you doing you know like stuff like that And then I think from there it turned into skits and like filming stuff with my friends and middle school and high school. I have just like really goofy, stupid shit that doesn't make sense. And I'm actually starting to do that again. It's like a secret, but if some of my close friends, I've been showing previews of some of the skits I've been making, but one of my, my best friend from, when I'm when I was a kid and now um I, I live with him now actually he's my roommate 
and we're just trying to like put out a bunch of short dumb skits in the spirit of like um what we used to do in high school and stuff and it's like non-scripted we kind of outline them and try to outline them the same day that we shoot them and originally i wanted to edit them the same day but that's not a thing anymore because they've just gotten a little more uh complicated but yeah there's something just really freeing about watching you and your friends goof off and i've always really enjoyed laughing with my friends which i think is a normal thing <laughs> <laughs> and, and and it's crazy you say that because that's kind of the impression i get from your music you know like you've been talking so much about how you like to make people smile and laugh and you know you know like you know, like one of the one of the things i love about your music is that like on top of it being as like abstract and surreal just like in terms of like the sounds that you kind of tend to go toward like like your shit is funny and really easy to just like it's it's just like very comfortable to me like i Thank like you. like i get the like I get the place you're coming from when you when you like make certain references or just like talk about certain things in the way you do. Like I could like like I get that. And not even not even just that I get it specifically because it's coming from you, but just like I can see I can see how that specific way you look at the world is bouncing off somebody like a samurai banana or an elucid or yourself. You know, like it's yeah. like that's just such a consistent theme in all in all your music and i just think that's great i don't have it i don't have like a question or any well sort of i like really appreciate dive, that because like... <laughs> like i brought up like a little before i am a little self uh self-conscious about like you know like coming across too jokey sometimes and you know i try to be genuine but i think it just comes natural to try to like i don't want someone i want someone to smile you know like it's, it's nice yeah. to have good vibes Life's hard, and, bro. We can laugh sometimes. Like we can, we yeah. can afford to laugh a little bit. Like <laughs> it's all. Good. And the other thing is, like, I think another reason I come from that angle a little bit, and not every time, but it's like, it's kind of like there's kids starving. You shouldn't throw your food away, kind of thing. It's like, why should I complain about something really trivial or pretend to be someone I'm not when there's like the best like i can only the the most interesting thing i can be is myself and like mm -hmm. i think that's a lesson that people have heard their whole life from disney movies and whatever but it's much more hard to apply that when like you want to be liked you know like when it comes down to things and you want to be successful because then it really hurts you know it's like oh like i was I was being myself and no one liked it. I guess myself sucks, you know? Yeah. Yeah. But that, that's, yeah. I guess I really appreciate what you said. Cause it's reaffirming that like, I'm on the right track. People out there resonate with what I'm trying to do, you know? So I, I appreciate it. No, of course. You know, like that's like, I, like I get that, you know, I feel like, I feel like everybody struggles with that in some general sense, but like, mm. I, 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 I totally understand the whole, like you know like what does it mean to be myself and how much of myself do i want to give to people and like is that good but like you know like, yeah yeah you know like you know like it hurts to be rejected like nobody you know like a lot of people like to play it off and like be cool and shit and like sometimes it's like that but sometimes like that shit hurts you know like yeah. <laughs> you know like it, it's it it, it can, you, you know like whether what you know like whether it's like romantic or platonic or 
like artistic, like just like yeah. being rejected, re- being rejected hurts. Your film okay did not make kinda... it into the festival. Like, yeah, 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 you know, like, yeah, that's perfect example. Just like I made a short film with, um, so I made a couple short films. Uh, one of them when I was like fresh out of college, so like 2012, and I was living with my parents for a year and the family dog. I made like a short film about her, and it's called Domesticated. You can watch it on Vimeo. It's like, whatever, it's cool. I like it, I'm proud of it. But, you know, it's not a perfect film. Um, It's six minutes long. I forget the point of me bringing this up. Um, Home movies, domesticated. Oh, being rejected. So I submitted (laughs) domesticated, the movie about the dog, to a bunch of film festivals online. And one of them specifically was the Dog Film Festival. There was like somewhere in America, there was a film festival all about dogs. And my thing got rejected from that. Like the dog, I thought the bar was going to be pretty low, but that one hurt because I was like, oh, my movie rules. It's about a dog and not even the dog. Like how many dog movies are there? Like, what are they screening over there? Got to be like Marley and me or some shit. Straight Marley and me marathon. (laughs) Or like, or like, or like bound. Yeah, I was about to say homeward bound cats and dogs. What else? Um, What's that? I never saw cats and dogs. Milo and Otis. Milo and Otis. And then Channing Tatum put out a dog movie last year, literally called really? Dog. Just Dog? Just Dog. Yeah. That's, like we'll watch that at and the it's, festival. And it's, yeah. And it's one of those, it's it's one of those like this man is like a military man and he's going through a life transition and he finds a dog. Oh! The, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it's this makes sense. What an American movie. I can yeah, imagine. For real. I could see the poster now. Yeah. Yeah, it's the one with like him standing in front of the back of the truck and the dogs in the back of the truck. Of and it course, just says, there's a truck. Like, <laughs> type yeah. shit. That shit we makes. We need laugh. more dog movies. Yeah, we 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 need more dog movies from you. That's what, that's what we need. Honestly, <laughs> yeah. There was this one dog movie that I watched. I think it's called My Magic Dog. It's for free on YouTube, and oh, it's wow. just wild. It's I want to make sure that I didn't just lie. But it's really silly. It's like a kids' movie from the '90s or something, and like a, I think it's a dead dog actually. I don't think it's a magic dog, but I didn't call it like my dead dog. I think it's a ghost dog kind of deal, but not like ghost dog like uh, way of the like samurai. Yeah, I was about to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a, that's... Jim Jarmusch made that movie, right? Because I love that movie. Yes. Great. Yes. Yeah, that's a great movie. I only saw that uh, kind of recently. Uh, I saw that with uh, in 2011 ish, maybe 2012 ish. I watched that with uh, Uncommon NASA actually, because <laughs> shout out to NASA. He had a a lyric about he hates the Matrix. He thinks it's a bad movie, and I, I used to tease him about that. So then I watched the Matrix with him, and then he's like, "I'll watch the Matrix with you if you watch Ghost Dog." And I was like, "All right, that's it's a win win for me." <laughs> Jeez, that's such a that's such a. That's like a perfect trade-off too. Like those yeah. two movies just work together. Um, but Dunce, Mike, before we wrap this up, I wanna For ask sure. you two I wanna ask you two more things. Um like we talked about it a bunch, of course, but like you you, you just like you do so many things. Like you, know, like you rap, you produce, you direct, you edit, you do you you, you do so many things and th- these are obviously all different forms of art that, you know, like require different things but also work 
on like similar like superficial levels so like do you ever you know like like do you compartmentalize the different forms of art that you make or is there like a or is there like a like a cultural exchange going on between like you know like dunce cap the writer dunce cap the producer dunce cap the director like do you ever find like your your uh do you just ever find like the different shit you make inspiring the way you might do you ever find like the way you direct a movie inspiring the way you rap a song or like a beat influencing the way you like edit something that's really interesting and a great question um i would say the first thing i thought of is editing music videos and producing beats i think are linked i was gonna say intrinsically but i didn't know if that was too big of a word um the way that a lot of like dawes work and like stretching out audio and looking at it chopping it dragging it around is very similar to how it works in a video editing program it's just like not the main purpose of the video editing program mm -hmm. so the point is i think that making beats on a computer and editing videos on a computer really connect with each other in a certain way and it, it's different but um I think if it wasn't for making beats and rapping my music videos, I think they'd be good still. But like, I think that there's an extra layer of comfortability and like, I was going to say navigation, but I don't know. I, I, I've been, someone told me once that they're like, I think you like those are connected. So that's why I, I wanted to bring it up because I, I buy it a little bit. But in terms of like, have I ever directed anything that made me want to rap differently or vice versa? That's pretty interesting. And I think the closest thing I can think of, well, okay. My brain split off in two ways. One of them was that acting. Uh, and one of them was outtakes. Do you, do you prefer one or the other? Uh, you could give me either one or both. It, it doesn't matter. Yeah, I just want to be respectful of your time. Um, so outtakes, all oh, that's short. Basically, I love outtakes on movies. When I had all those DVDs, I would watch like outtake reels, gag reels, blooper reels all the time. Same, same, same. And I think part of some of the other stuff we watched, like or talked about, like Jackass, or like that had that element into it, like everyone's laughing and fucking up and shit. I love that in songs i think in certain rap songs when people are talking shit um it's like it's great you know um and i think bloopers and behind the scenes of that i try to try to catch for real organic shit like i think it's it, it was kind of inspired by me feeling like imposter syndrome as a hip-hop artist it's like how can i have a shit talking intro without trying to impersonate another human who did this before me like you know um yeah how can i be genuine and as you know i talk a lot so i've asked steel tip dove in the studio to keep to start rolling early and keep whatever i say before the beat drops and i'll have to you know i don't always do that 
but I did that for uh, resting dunce face. There's a lot of like beginning and ending skit types of things or like just one phrase uh, that were kind of just culled from like outtakes. So I think like that's how maybe directing or editing has influenced rapping or how I make songs a little bit. Um, and then the other thing I was going to say about acting is I'm very much a director when I direct, but when I rap in the booth, <laughs> sorry, excuse me. I'm very much a, a like in my head, I'm a director and I'm trying, I'm performing, you know, literally performing to the mic. So I, if it's not a hundred percent like genuine from the soul or whatever, a bit of acting comes into it. Like, oh, I know this is a sad song. I need to record it today. I'm not sad today. So it's like a degree of acting comes into play. And I think having advice that for like, for acting that I've personally given to other people on set, I think some of that stuff comes into play where I might be telling myself certain things. And I don't really have a specific off the top, but you know, just like something I might say on set is do less. Um, I think people, a lot of people overact, but the same could go for rapping too. And people are trying... In the same way, someone's like, oh, I'm really sad right now. Boo-hoo. And you might want to say, like, a song, like, when you're rapping, oh, I'm really cool right now. You might project it in a way that, like, you really want to say you're really cool right now. So now you are being disingenuous to some degree or whatever. So, like, right. I try to I try to avoid that. And, <coughs> excuse me again. I guess that's where that comes in. I'd say the producing really correlates to editing video and then directing correlates to... um. To, to performing a recording on uh, like for in the booth right like oh like that's just uh, like that's like half the reason a show like this exists and i hope you're okay i'm sorry i'm sorry i'm sorry your throat was fucking up right now oh yeah you know it's like a dry cough it's like really annoying but doesn't I you know it. it's just worse to have it was worse to have a dry cough like during covid because it's like i promise i'm not making everyone sick i just have to cough yeah, I still I still get that now too. Like air conditioning just like gives me that gives me that like yeah okay like so dry, it is I'll, 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 yeah you like I'll get like dry throat and be like oh shit is it finally time because I haven't caught it yet but anyway oh wow. um yeah somehow I, I I don't know how I got so lucky but um yeah I just like I'm just always really fascinated by how all these different things influence each other because like that like like to me everything you know, you know like everything influences just about like ugh, that that's so general but just like every form of art is influencing one another you know like music Absolutely. is influ music is influencing painting film is influencing literature you know fucking like sculpture is influencing goddamn um furry shit i don't know <laughs> <laughs> but like <laughs> i think and it's so beautiful yeah. you know <laughs> Because like, yeah. like the first thing uh, you got to go, I know I'm wrapping up. It's like, I'm a therapy oh, and I'm like, cool. wait, 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 you got to go. Um, like Wu-Tang, right? Like if there wasn't for seventies, uh, Kung Fu movies, there would be a different Wu-Tang. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And you, oh, those are, you know, 30 years apart or however the exact number is 25, whatever, like. I think that's really cool and really interesting. Like you were saying, just like the way that things connect to th like other things or 
it's beautiful. I don't know. Like, like I, I, I know, I think it was like the 18th century or something. Like they got really obsessed with Roman stuff. And it's like, you yeah. never know when pe- there's going to be a huge phase of stuff where people are like, actually that, that was really cool because like all the art is just like a reactionary to the past thing before it. And at a certain degree, you're going to land somewhere that you were before. So it's cool to just see how everything reflects each other. And, and it's beautiful. Right. There's a there um real quick before I ask you my very 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 last question um <laughs> now okay now I'm going to have to bring up a problematic movie by somebody who sucks um Sick. when I fir- when I <laughs> when I first saw uh I first saw Woody Allen's Midnight in Paris nice. the Owen Wilson movie where like yeah, he yeah. like travels back to yeah so like I'm, I'm like y- y'all don't need to go see it it's not like that amazing but like long story short owen wilson is like i forget what i forget what his job i think he might be like an art auctioneer or something or, and like yeah, yeah. Like, like something like that and like he uh he like like his favorite time period of all time is like 1920s paris and he just like he, and like he and his girlfriend go to paris and he like maybe hallucinates but not but maybe not that he's in 1920s Paris and he meets the, he meets this like French woman and like all these like literary and artistic French icons and like not even just French, but like, so like he meets all of them and you know, like, you know, like he's like, Oh, like I'm like a dude from the year 2000, whatever the fuck must've been like, Oh, eight, Oh nine. Like I'm a dude from the, I'm a dude from the two thousands is really inspired by all of this. And then he meets like Hemingway and like F Scott Fitzgerald. And, and Zelda Fitzgerald and like they're all like oh well like we're really influenced by this stuff from like the 1870s and then mm. like they and like there's like a whole scene in the movie where it's like they meet their idols from the 1870s and then they're like we love all these people from the 1740s and it just like goes back and back and back like that um uh I yeah. hate to I hate to I hate to bring up Woody Allen because yeah fuck him. but like that but yeah. but 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 like the the, the general idea of like people being inspired by stuff that came 20, 30, 40, 50 years before them is something that really stuck with me. And I didn't think about that until I saw, unfortunately, Midnight in Paris. So yeah, yeah, I just like, that's like, that idea is just something that's always in the, you know, just like listening to stuff. It's like, we're all just kind of doing riffs on stuff that we fuck with from however many years ago. And I love that, you know, like that's what art is type shit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I remember I saw that movie with my parents in the movie theater and, you know, I liked it. But of course, Woody Allen, you know. Right. Yeah. You know, and like, we were also like younger and didn't fully understand it. Like, like, like not that young, but like young enough. And it, it, it is what it is. Like, I'm not trying to make excuses, but, you know, shit, shit happens. Um, I've watched but... a couple Woody Allen. Yeah, I got to go. Or you no, 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 no. Sorry. 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 Um, Yeah, I think I've seen like one other Woody Allen movie in my life. I unfortunately have seen a lot yeah but I don't think that you need to see anymore I think Annie (laughs) Hall is very good but it's kind of hard to watch any Woody Allen movie you know just like knowing who that person is like I remember seeing someone I was like before my parents were gonna be like oh yeah he also like you know sexually assaulted and married his daughter like they didn't (laughs) my mom was like I don't like Woody Allen but like that's when I saw like Annie Hall and like bananas and like sleeper and stuff and like yeah but at the same time like you know that's yeah you know I the the only other one of his movies I saw was uh it was like this anthology movie about sex it's like how to succeed at sex without really trying or something like that I saw it in college 
and uh, oh yeah 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 that was pretty funny but yeah like i i just you know i like i just my my life is no better or worse because i haven't seen match point with fucking scarlett johansson you know you, you know don't like <laughs> If you're going to go out of your way to watch Woody Allen movies, like watch early Woody Allen, um, right. you know, because he was like super zany weird, you know, and like, like the movie you saw was like in that period. But then like pretty much like after Annie Hall and stuff, you know, like was when his problematic my rule in my head now is as soon as like he was problematic in real life is when I stop watching. I feel you. Yeah, that's a that's, that's a, my that's... that's my rule that I could live with. Yeah that's how I am with music and yeah. Yeah. That's how I am with like artists too. Like just like stuff that I loved, like, you know, like I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna give up the stuff that happened before I realized they were a fucking monster. So I get that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, yeah. And my very, very, very last question for you is um, if your life was a movie, Dunce wow. Cat, what would your life be about? Wow. What would the movie be about? Sorry, my fault. If your life was a movie, what would it be about? There we go. So, like, wouldn't it be about my life? It could be if you wanted it to be, you know, like I've gotten I've gotten every kind of answer you could imagine to this question. So it's just like, what would it be about? I would want to make something up. And like, I feel like there's movies that have done this and I can't name a single one, but it's like a fictional retelling of a real person, kind of. Actually, there's a movie coming out. I forget who's directing it, but I like the director and they're they're doing a, a Philip K. Dick biopic. But but his in real life, his sister died when he was young. And in this movie, she's going to be not dead. And they're like how his life would be different if his sister was alive. Oh, on some like once upon a time in Hollywood type shit. OK, because Wait. because because once upon a time in Hollywood was um. Oh, what was the name of the actress who was killed by um Oh Charles Sharon Manson? Tate? You're right, Sharon Tate. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, that whole movie is like, what if Sharon Tate wasn't killed by Charles Manson? Like that's the whole right. twist of the movie. So yeah, it's yeah, that that I just once again just yeah, that like a histor a hist historical fiction. I guess I would yeah. do something like that. So I would just lie about my life and like make it sci-fi or something. You know, it would be like the same story of my life where it's just like kind of average kid grows up goes to college and like does art stuff while having a job so maybe like the beginning of the matrix maybe the matrix is what i would do but my life the, my life and that, that, uh no, some kind of big bad maybe you know i don't know what the antagonist i think in real life i would be my antagonist so maybe my antagonist in my film is like a representation of being hard on yourself in some way in form of alien. This sounds a lot like Futurama. Maybe I would just make Futurama <laughs> because that's like goofy, but also sciency and nerdy. So yeah. like, I like those elements. I'll take it. <laughs> I mean, like, obviously, I don't want to trivialize everything you just said and just be like, that sounds like Hey, Futurama, Mike, your life but... is Futurama. You're fried, Mike. <laughs> nah, so I'm not trying to do all that. But no, like, it's, <laughs> no like, that's, that's, that's so cool. I like that. I like that a lot. But yeah, Mike, bro, thank you so much. Like, I know thank we've been you. talking. We've been talking about this for a minute, but I'm hey. happy. I'm happy we were finally able to make it happen. And Same. yeah, man. 
Like this honestly, is the first like, thing I've recorded on this mic, so it's good wow. time. Wow. Yeah. So this is it. We broke the seal. Crazy. Broke the seal. Oh, it's man. for a, a very good reason. Very good. I'm so happy that you had me on, and it's been wonderful. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just like you know, like I like the music is great, and you know, just 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 like the fact that you're able to juggle all this different shit is really cool to see. You know, like as somebody who also juggles a bunch of different shit, it's like it's real yeah, out here. Just, just it really, bro. It really, really is. But just like thank you again for like even taking the time. I just like I, I you know, like I don't take that. I, I, I really. That means a lot that anybody cares to come on and like to anybody cares to be like, hey, I like your shit. I want to come on. Like that's that means a lot. So thank you. Well, thanks again. It's been it's been a real blast. And like you said, it's a long time coming. So to the next time, you know. You already know, man. Thanks for listening. Shout out to y'all for making it this far. And shout out to all the black people listening too, because y'all really impeccable. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and tell a friend to come through next time. One.